0: good evening everyone welcome to clay targets and more this is uh episode six of season one so um night jason and i ricky i believe ricky's going to join us later on we are going to have a very special guest from jason so welcome jason how are you this evening sir
1: good how are you sir man I
0: i am i am man i tell you what i got me a uh I got me a nice glass of some Four Roses Bourbon here tonight, and uh yeah, I, I'm excited about this. I am. I am truly excited about this. Four
1: Roses Bourbon. Where where's that from?
0: Um, where is this made, man? Somebody is probably gonna shoot me because I don't know where this came from. Hmm. I don't know. I, I, I'll do some checking as we get. Rolling hey, it sounds here. good. <laughs> it, it's very good. Yeah. I'm. I'm it's about. Uh. Um. I've got about two fingers left in the bottom of a bottle here and uh that's been my third glass out of it so yeah it's nice. been pretty good yeah i haven't drank all that i haven't drank all that tonight don't get me wrong but
1: uh <laughs> very nice very nice Bye, y'all uh, uh ready for some cool weather over there
0: yeah i think it's fixing to hit pretty damn hard um i'll tell you what
1: over the next day or two
0: so we got a chance to uh we got a chance to go shoot uh saturday we got a chance to go shoot Bendel saturday so he got to throw his first registered targets and uh so i guess we got on the inaugural list of getting that done so we were pretty excited about getting to do that oh look at that my wonderful wife showed up Got my ipad and my earbuds that i forgot hang on just a second let me see if i can get these put in Jason. you're good All right, Jay Paul, can you hear me, sir?
1: I can, I can, I can.
0: Excellent, excellent, excellent. Voice isolation. Shit, we in good shape there, dog. All right, man, we rocking and rolling now. You know what I figured out? Tell me. That clicking noise last time. Remember that on the first of the podcast, we had that clicking noise? Yes, sir. That sound like it right there?
1: Uh if if it is, I can't hear it. No, sir.
0: That was my dumbass playing with my iPod, uh my iPhone or the um, earbuds case while we were sitting there talking is exactly oh, what shit. that was. <laughs> yes. I felt like a god felt like a goddamn idiot, man.
1: I, I was wonder like, what god that oh, click click. I thought that was me. There's too many cans open or dogs barking or what that was i wasn't real damn sure so
0: no sir no sir that was uh that was me being uh me being me again well that's cool
1: we're living and learning on this deal so that's cool all so, the
0: damn time so all time you want me to uh give me dial up ricky and see what's going on with ricky yeah yeah
1: let's see where old bdr's at i'm sure he'll join in uh come on with us and talk talk about it
0: see what's going on here. Let's see if we can give him a invite there. There we go. But yeah, we got to shoot uh we got to shoot Bendel's first uh, first targets at uh across the canal and uh, uh went very well. Of course he's got it you know his his normal growing pains like you do. But uh um I think he had oh I don't know 15 18 shooters there. So it was a pretty small intimate affair. Would that be a good way to put that
1: intimate? Sure. Intimate, yes.
0: intimate so small
1: um, small
0: tight tiny yes but uh so um yeah that's great got to shoot that and uh actually brought a new shooter out i got mr jack klein to uh get registered and he shot his first registered targets saturday he was
1: Who, who, who is he
0: jack klein is the big tall guy that uh that we work with together and uh we do the hot rod stuff together, and uh, he's got the the Mustang, the Turbo, the LS. Oh, Mr. Jackie, Mustang.
1: Mr. Jackie, Mr. Jack. Oh, yeah, very, yes, nice. yes. very nice, very <laughs> nice, very nice. Cool. Yeah. I, I I didn't know he was related to Kevin. So that no that. So no, don't <laughs> tell him like I said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's uh, good. You look like you shot well. Did You shoot. I think you shot in the 80s
0: yeah i pulled uh pulled an 83 off on the uh on the main so i bested uh i bested everybody on that deal and um i actually shot fairly well on the uh, five stand i think i hung a 40 out of 50 on the five stand i was happy with my five stand score that's good yeah
1: it was a pretty good five stand so
0: yeah yeah it was his first time of throwing registered five stands so uh and then in, in a fifty bird deal, so like I say, well, he, good. he he's learning and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, it went off, and he brought lunch out and all that kind of stuff. So uh, didn't have any target problems, had no trap problems, and uh, yeah, it worked good. Him and him and his brother worked the whole time out there and made sure everybody was getting what they needed. So
1: great, great. Sounds you? good. We'll we'll have to make it over there. So yeah, yeah. We'll I'll have to try where, that.
0: Yeah, I saw where uh, Lubbock's got a shoot coming up uh, February something or another. So we're going to try to make that Lubbock shoot. I think.
1: Cool. Cool. I might have to invest in a electric jacket heater. I think if we're going uh, to. I'm a fair weather shooter. I'm sure most people know that. So, <laughs> I, yeah. but I guarantee
0: uh, you, I am. Yeah. Yeah. I know I am. We got we got kind of another problem. Out here, because um, my drag racing deal this year is going to get pretty well shoved in the corner. Um, I think we're going to lose both tracks. I think we're going to lose Roswell, and I think we're going to lose Hobbs. Oh, really? And I think that's not going to leave us much, but uh, Penwell and um, Lubbock or Abilene, and both of those trips are pretty long trips for Lubbock or Abilene for me.
1: That's, yeah, they're a couple hours each way.
0: Well, yeah, Abilene be four
1: four or five hours for you
0: so yeah that's that's just a long trip for us you know for a family to go so mm-hmm. you know we, we talked about trying to chase some new mexico points this year with with having two clubs nice and close with artesia and um carlsbad nice and close so i couldn't believe it we got out of here and shot and shot 150 registered targets eight lunch, and was back home by one o'clock in the afternoon
1: you you can't beat an afternoon it's fantastic <laughs>
0: So. It just does not happen very often. So.
1: No, that is pretty nice. Well, as close as you are, you can damn near just drive the buggy back home. So damn near, damn, damn near. near, damn
0: near. So BDR's Anybody?
1: in the house. What's up, fool? What's going on, guys?
0: BDR.
1: Oh, what are y'all doing on the mic tonight? Good. Good. I'm glad he joined. I I was getting a little worried about him. I wasn't real sure what he was doing. Oh,
0: BDR. BDR, I uh, I was just I, I'm sitting. I basically broke my arm, patting myself on the back to my cousin, telling him how great I shot in the uh, field of seven in Carlsbad last week.
2: <laughs> in the field of seven, did you finish six or what? <laughs> damn near, yeah, damn near. <laughs> well, that's better than last.
0: Yeah, you know, everybody's got to do something. So that's what I'm trying to do, my guy. Yeah. So.
2: Cool. What, what, we place got up you, in there. what place did you finish?
0: Uh actually won both. I, I actually shot awesome. HOA on the main and HOA on five stands. So that I'd is awesome. it, uh, Yeah, yeah. So I'll take it. I got I got a couple punches out of the deal, like I say. Um small that, pond, small fish thing, but I happen to be in the right spot at the right time.
1: Sounds like that pirate's working. So that's Man,
0: good that that works every damn time I pull the trigger. <laughs>
2: It just don't hit everything when you want it to.
0: No, not at all. No, no. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, that's great. We- weird yeah, thing
0: that- about it is it-, it is absolutely shooting exactly where I'm looking, and I'm just not looking in the right spot. It is so <laughs> weird, you know?
2: I-, I think that's pretty much ever good. It doesn't matter who it is.
0: Have you had a chance <laughs> to shoot your new gun yet?
2: I have not. Uh, I th- I think the weather's supposed to be pretty nice Sunday, so I might go out to MSA and just mess
1: around a little bit. I don't know. if we'll, Time will tell.
0: Okay. okay.
1: But okay. Ricky's, one of, but, Ricky's one of them pattern board shooters, Mike. I mean, he likes to, you know, wear a pattern board out and make sure it's got a big dip first. So yeah.
0: that's uh, That 3-8 plate pattern board takes a lot of shotgun shells <laughs> to wear out. <laughs>
2: Hey, at least I hit it. Damn straight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I missed a pattern board before. That's okay. That's all right. Yeah, R-
0: Ricky, I was gonna <laughs> tell you a funny story. I did pull up one time and straight ass missed an entire pattern board. I promise you. I I was shooting with dad and, and we were talking and, and of course right. we, we we got to visiting and his engineer got to talking and my I'm not an engineer got to listening. And he said, just pull up and shoot. And I pulled up and I think I shot the gun the ground about nine feet in front of <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, Looks a little I, low, I, Mike. <laughs> yeah. My my dad, he never missed a beat. He looked over at me and goes, Well, I don't know how much of a comb adjustment we've got to make to fix that. But shit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: huh. You start shooting a trap gun at this point, yes, sir.
0: Yeah, yeah. I went, son of a bitch, man. Here we go. So, <laughs> but like I my my dad never missed a beat. He absolutely just never even, never even looked backwards, man. And I was like, goodness gracious.
2: Yeah, I can I can see your dad doing that, just looking oh. right around and going, huh? Yeah, he
0: has he has seen me do so much stupid shit over the years. He doesn't even flinch anymore. I promise yeah,
1: you. <laughs> Uh, what
0: what uh what y'all's next shoot y'all got planned anything weather depending
1: obviously uh nothing as far as what? i know nothing scheduled on the books through february uh not that i'm aware of so uh pretty calm for the next month and then after that we'll probably hit it pretty hard so yeah that.
2: Not, not not gonna shoot in that cold weather
0: yeah i don't blame you i got i my my uh my wife has decided that the only way she's going to get better is to shoot everything that moves at this point so i can either i can either load up and sit there in the cart and wish her well and listen to her talk about how much she would thump my ass if i didn't go <laughs> shoot and that's why i didn't bring my gun is because i'm scared so uh i I have to throw the gun in the truck and go shoot. So
2: yeah,
1: you know. yeah, that's all right.
2: Well, well, I, I think I heard Jason say, like, like you know, you're right there around the corner. You can go over there and shoot and be back home before you ever get cold.
0: Yeah, you know what, Ricky, and that is absolutely the truth too. We went over there and it yeah. was miserable, and my attitude was better just knowing that I didn't drive two and a half hours to go shoot in the cold.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. No doubt. Yeah.
0: Well, Jason, you Jason, you want me to invite your guests on? Now? I would.
1: Uh, I, uh, I would. I would like that. Or have they joined in this partaking?
0: I I have not even put them on here yet. So let's see if we can uh, let's
1: see if they'll connect in. Okay. Who do we? Or uh, who do y'all have? We've got the uh, Wind Walker uh, Farms Stanton boys. Uh, on tonight, oh, so awesome. awesome! Out of Stanton, Texas, yeah, God's so, country, right there. Yeah, God's country, old old country, right there, Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where you sell pumps, right there, sir. Right there, yes, sir.
0: Hey, Ricky, Bye. next time you're on uh, on on TikTok, yes, look sir. up uh, unit. You look up Unic Look up unicorn lawyer. Unicorn lawyer. Yeah, unicorn okay. lawyer.
2: I am I'm scared right. to even <laughs> ask what that is. I'm not gonna ask. I'll just look it up and probably X out of it as soon as I look at it. But <laughs> <laughs> nope. Sounds like
1: it's worth watching.
0: Yeah, I think I think you'll be uh, I think you'll be surprised on there. I think it's gonna be like, holy smokes, man.
1: It's I'm not- I'm not going to
2: go to jail or anything like that, am I?
0: No, no, not at all. My okay. God, not at all. I got, I tell, I tell you how clean it is, Ricky. I got strung out on it the other night, and um, uh, I told, I told Clay, I said, "Hal, I'm coming to bed." And I sat there at the counter and got to watching it till she come out, and she's looking over my shoulder, and she goes, "What the fuck are you doing?" And I said, "I am absolutely strung out on this TikTok." In this information, I'm getting off this TikTok. And she goes, you're an idiot. Go to bed. So, no, you're not going to get in trouble by looking at it. I can promise you that. But it, it's very interesting on there.
2: Uh, I'll look it up. Hey, you can spend hours on that damn TikTok. i tell you what. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jason, good, can good. you see everything I'm looking at? I,
1: I can't. Thank everybody, we have tonight the uh, Wind Walker uh, Sporting Clay Club um, co-owner and course manager as far as I know, uh, Gary Hightower and Tyler Peterson on tonight. Uh, we'd like to welcome you guys. Can you guys hear us? Okay. We can hear you. I can hear you. Great. Great. Hey, we just, uh, I would insert guys and get us, uh, get you started and, uh, what a wonderful club that, uh, you guys, uh, promote and do and everything you do for the community it is just a fantastic organization so well I appreciate anyway. that thank you yes sir yes sir uh, so Gary I'd like if it's fine uh, Gary high is a co-owner uh, owner owner manager whatever Um uh, can you give us a little history about Windwalkers? Tell us your course layout, uh, what what you guys have going on as far as yourself.
3: Okay, just a little history on Windwalker. Uh, I believe this was in 1987. Ralph Kramer actually started this club out here. And uh, I believe around... 99 or 2000, somewhere in there. Steve Wilbanks actually bought the gun club from Ralph mm-hmm. and uh, decided to make it a, a real sporting play range. It was all oh, maybe five stations is all there was at that time. Ralph would have some small charity shoots. Once Steve bought it, uh, he asked me to help him a little bit on the side. I was actually working in town and we started laying out some different stuff and things to do to, Actually, make a sporting clay range, and uh, made what we call the yellow course now, which is a big loop down on the north end of the property. And then a couple of years after that, then Steve hired me to come out here and and run the gun club for for him, and uh, I've been here ever since.
2: So
1: uh, let me ask you a question, Gary was the was the yellow course the northernmost course? Was that the first course or was that the second course? That was the second course. Oh, the second course. Okay. And then the the green course was is is that right? The green course, that was the first course? Yes, sir. About probably about half the green course was
3: all there was. Okay. The uh the original course actually ended right about where station twelve is on the green right now. That was the okay. the northern part of the, the gun club. Oh, hmm. So we, we've we expanded it quite a bit. We went from those, you know, five or six stations, whatever it was back then, to where we actually have 30 stations up top on the courses. We can either throw two 12 to 15 station courses, or we can split it up and throw 10 station courses for a total of three courses, which is what we do on, on some of our major charity shoots. Right, We'll have three main courses.
1: Yeah, and uh, for, those, like split for those it up and that,
3: move it around and change it up all the time.
1: Yes. And for those of y'all that, that that don't know, it's it looks over what is it called the is that part of the Mustang draw, right? Is that comes out mm-hmm. of Andrews and then kind of that's a big draw down through there.
3: Yes, sir. It is a Mustang draw. It runs from the, the south side of the property all the way to the north. Of course, we shoot over most of it so uh you know we can traps down in the bottom and throw them up from the bottom shoot at them down in the bottom from some of the elevated stations and then uh, when you turn the corner down on the north end of the property and come back to where you're facing east uh, you're actually shooting out over a wheat field so we've got some flat areas there also to shoot over
1: yeah yeah and you always always do a great a lot of incomers and, and and different different looks coming out of that draw for sure so that's great now what else what else do y'all have there gary y'all got a five stand and y'all got skeet field uh-oh we're losing
2: gary shows
0: gary shows connected but we did lose tyler tyler yeah i don't know what's going on there he might have lost his signal for some reason
1: did we lose right. gary yeah,
2: that or he accidentally hit
1: mute.
0: Oh, huh. yep. Yeah, no, he he disconnected. So, yeah.
2: He let's did.
0: uh, let me uh, let me try it again here and just see.
2: It started off good.
0: Started off fantastic. I was very impressed. Holy smoke Yes, sir. that sounded good. Uh, what do I got that listed under Windwalker?
2: Yeah, Jason, that's that's the uh, Ralph Cracker was the guy I was telling you about with Larry Perkins that on that years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you I ever just, meet him? Yeah, I've met him a couple of times, but uh man alive. I think back then he had to be in his late seventies, early eighties, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah, he was quite an older gentleman, but he was he was really good friends with old Larry Perkins.
1: Huh but well we'll give him just a second looks like tyler's connected back on can y'all hear yeah, me there's...
0: hello tyler
1: okay hello hello i don't know what happened
0: there <laughs> it happens, brother i'm telling you man you, <laughs> you can drop that signal for just a second and yep it's no problem but all you got to do is all that happens if if we lose you all you got to do is just just smash the button and come right
3: back in so oh, really? no okay i'm back now
1: I don't know okay <laughs> well good deal well let, let's uh i'm glad y'all are back let's uh let's lead back off uh i guess the question i had gary was uh can you tell us more as far as sporting clays uh fast and trap uh those kind of uh other events
3: yeah uh, of course our our main deal out here sporting clays, that's what the majority of people come out to shoot uh but we do have a a skeet field We've got a trap field, and then we also have a five-stand that we have set up. And uh, like I said, probably 99% of the people that come out, come out to shoot sporting clays. uh, You know, and and I understand why they like shooting sporting clays. I shot skeet for about seven years competitively, and then when I decided to come back and start shooting Mm -hmm. again, uh, sporting clays, the very first time I shot it, I was just absolutely hooked just because of the different types of targets and uh the different trajectories and all that kind of stuff it was just a whole lot more fun than than the other disciplines even though the other disciplines are are great things to shoot and i have nothing against them i still like to shoot both trap and skeet every once in a while just oh yeah to calm my nerves a little bit
1: oh yeah there's nothing uh, wrong with they're 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 all trying to shoot something going away
3: from
0: so
1: yeah hey mr
0: gary let me let me interrupt jason for just a second. What um. Y'all offer some coaching out there too. Why don't you talk a little bit about some of your coaching and and what levels and what what you've got going for coaching?
3: Yes, sir. Uh, you know, occasionally we do have what I consider the the pro coaches come in. You know, over the years we've had Dan carlisle has been out, Andy Duffy, Tom Mack, uh, uh, Chris Botha. Uh, they've all been out here and. And taught lessons and whatever. Also, I'm a, a level one instructor. I got my instructor's certificate back in 2000. So, I've uh, I'm I'm the local around here as far as our gun club goes. Of course, there's some other uh, instructors in the area. Uh, occasionally, they do come out and and do lessons here at the gun club. You know, and people always say, "Well, I know how to shoot. I don't need lessons." Uh, it really doesn't matter how well you shoot or how long you've been shooting i mean i still take lessons you know as often as i can get them you know because we have a tendency to creep back into bad habits and we just don't realize that we've crept back into bad habits until somebody says well when did you start picking your head up or when did you start doing this and you get to thinking well i'm not doing that but we are you know and so it's always a good lesson to have a have a little tune-up every once in a while, no matter how good of a shot you are.
1: Yeah. When did, when did you start shooting competitively?
3: Well, I started shooting skeet in 1987 when I moved to Midland. Excuse me, 1980. And then I quit in 87 when I started having kids. And then uh, in about 99, I guess, I started shooting sporting clays. Uh, I've been doing it ever since. I just absolutely love it
1: yes sir yep that's awesome it, it is uh, once you shoot that first you shoot or like you said that sporting clay round you're you're either hooked or you're not and yeah it, it sometimes a lot balls and says this is what you're going to do for a long time so yeah yep. that's exactly right you know and a lot of people say well
3: you know i i can't break above 50 or i couldn't get above 60 well that's fine That's where the majority of people are. Some of them are even lower than that. I remember the very first time I shot, uh, Rick Smith invited me to come out. He said, now, Hightower, you're not going to break 100 when you go out there. He said, you're not even going to break 90, which kind of insulted me because I was a pretty good skeet shooter. Right. (laughs) He said, if you stay above 80s, you're going to have a great day. I thought, well, it can't be that hard. Well... I was pleasantly surprised, and I don't remember what I shot. It was probably mid-70s, and he said, well, how do you feel? I said, well, I felt like I got beat up, but I was pretty tickled with what I shot. He said, that's all it takes. Be happy with what you shot, and you have room for improvement. Right on. You know, because I remember back when I was shooting skeet, I mean, if you drop one target, you might as well put your, your gun in the car and go home. You're, you're not even going to make the shoot-offs. Right. Is that not the that. truth,
0: Gary? You had you, you had to shoot a 100 just to make the shoot-off so you could start shooting.
3: Exactly. I remember the very last skeet shoot I went to, there was 96 shooters in it in San Antonio. When we went for the 12-gauge shoot-off, there was 43 of us out there. Holy mm. <laughs> So, you know, that that's a little different scenario than what we see in sporting plays. Sure. No matter how easy or hard the targets are, you're probably not going to run 100 right
1: like I like said you know if you stay in the 90s you're real good yep well we're we're still always presently surprised by our inability or ability <laughs> you Absolutely. know what i mean <laughs> even even after 15 16 years of shooting you're still surprised so you know sure.
0: Jason It's so funny too because you do that. You know, you go out there and you shoot a course, and uh, I'm going to throw out a number. Let's say you roll out there and you roll a 92 out there and you think, man, I got this. I got it in the bag. And you go back up and you look at the wall and there's a 96, a (laughs) 93, 97s, and a 98 up there. Yeah. And then the next time you go out and shoot, you shoot an 83 and you think, I ain't even in the ballpark. There's nothing's going to happen. And you look at the wall and everybody's underneath you with an 82, an 81, 79, and a 78. You go, Holy smokes! How does this happen? Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, oh, I know. You,
3: yeah, you never know what what's going to win until until all the cards are played.
1: That's right. Well, well,
0: well. Thank, thank you, uh, Kenny. Uh, Kenny, um, what's that? Uh, no when to hold them, no when to fold them, guy.
1: Yeah, Kenny Rogers. Kenny, uh, yeah, Kenny, Kenny Rogers, Rogers. Yeah, Rogers. Yeah,
0: thank Rogers. you, thank you, Kenny Rogers. I appreciate that <laughs> A bit of wisdom there. <laughs>
1: God, you're telling your age. Yeah, you've listened to <laughs> way too much rock and other bullshit in the you know, fucking country, I guess. Huh? So. Uh, that's great. Hey, let, let, let's let hear from Tyler. I, I, I'd i like to hear yeah. from Tyler, if that's cool. Hey, Tyler, are you there? You you Tyler around? Said, Tyler cool.
0: said, fuck you. Y'all ain't talking to me, and I'm leaving. So let no, me try uh, Tyler again. He did get off there, didn't he? He did. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he was like, "No, I'm tired of messing with you." Oh, he hey,
1: he might, get he might. this,
2: this is Ricky. I, I'm wondering how often do y'all reclaim your lead out there?
3: Uh we had uh a couple of different companies come out in years past and tried to reclaim you know, and, and these two companies actually had no earthly idea of what they were doing. Uh finally a guy named Kurt Malden, he's a He's actually a shooter, a really good shooter. He came down and uh, he quit his construction business up north. and said, "I'm gonna start mining lead." And he came out and he knew what he was doing. And huh. he scraped, scraped off all of the, all of the part that we thought where he could actually make some money. There was enough shot there that where he could, you know, pay his bills and still have money left over. Uh, he reclaimed it and he. Basically goes off of how many targets you've thrown. He can figure it, okay, let's say for every target, there's an ounce of lead out there. Right. And uh, So anyway, he uh, came out and did a fantastic job. He said for our club, with the number of targets that we throw probably in eight to ten years, he'll come back and do it again, and he'll get more lead than he did the very first
1: time. What what do you think that? is? I'm just curious. That's a very interesting number. Well, <laughs> on plays they throw a year. Or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. I mean, you know, how many pallet clays you order. So, yeah. I mean, we we typically throw
3: 11 to 13 truckloads of targets a year. Golly. You know, so, you know, wow. You you figure all that and, uh, you know, a lot, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. You know, I, more, I don't more, have than, more than here in you can I'd figure it out. But there's, there's a lot of lead out there, you know, and, uh, of course, it's a lot tougher to reclaim shot off of a sporting play range because we shoot all different directions and, and this and that and the other, whereas trap and skeet fields, those are just real simple. You know, huh. you know exactly where that shot's going to be concentrated at and where to go get it. Whereas sporting plays, it can be anywhere from, you know, 50 yards in front of the cage out to 350 yards out. Hmm. you know and some yes. some people say "Oh, shot won't go that far yes it will yeah you know uh he was scraping out 275 to 300 yards in some places and still getting wow. good lead hmm. so uh, uh, you know uh, it, it travels uh, away I,
0: I, I...
1: So... hey
0: gary um, yes, what what are your thoughts i mean lead is so hard to get right now and obviously we don't all, all of shotgun shells are super super difficult to find right now and everybody's doing the best they can What do you think the feasibility is of steel shot just because of the reclaimed nature of steel shot and our ability to
3: ramp up and actually make steel shot?
1: That's interesting. That's interesting.
3: I don't know that much about steel shot, I've never shot any. I do have a companion of mine that has a club over in Hawaii, and that's all they shoot. And I did ask him several years ago, I said, well, how does it compare to breaking targets versus lead? And he said, he said to us, he said, we can't tell any difference. Hmm. He said, you know, said, that's all we've ever shot, so it doesn't really make us any difference whether it's steel or lead. And he acted like it was no big deal. You know, I've, I haven't run any tests on it, I not shot any, so it'd be hard to me for me to make an educated, you know, opinion on it. But according to him, it's the same game.
0: Yeah, I don't need anything educated. I'm just, I'm just looking for something <laughs> off the cuff, you know.
1: Um, Mike's, Mike's yeah, looking the way to make more money, uh, Gary. <laughs> yeah, I, well, aren't
0: we all? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have anything to, I don't have anything to do right now, Gary. I think we need to get into making steel shot. I think it just seems like a money maker right there, dog. <laughs> you know.
3: We know Jason's the welder. I'm sure he's got a lot of those little drops off of his cutting table down there. The yeah, yeah. Ground. There's there's a lot you know, of that we,
1: kind of stuff. But we just get his uh, yeah. girls to sweep it up and
0: <laughs> go and go go in between all the snuff and the spit that's on the ground. I think we'll be fine. You know?
1: Oh exactly. yeah. Well, you got to yeah. you got to cipher through all that. So
0: Jason, Jason. Uh, yeah. I think Tyler's back on, sir. Oh, is
1: Tyler back on? Hey, I wanted to hear a little bit about Tyler. Can you hear us, buddy?
4: I can. Can y'all hear me? We can, we can. Awesome. Okay.
1: All right. I wanted to get a little bit of uh, your background. Uh, If you don't mind, just tell us when you started shooting uh, registered or maybe as a kid or whatever you did. And uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself too. Well, can do. Um, Again, I'm Tyler Peterson. Um,
4: I didn't start shooting registered targets until 2017. Um, I shot for Texas Tech collegiately in the, uh, ACUI division. Uh, I think that started in 20, probably 2016. Um, I went to my first competition with them and that was actually international sports. So, uh, all the Olympic things like, uh, international trap or bunker trap, international skeet. Um, that was my first introduction to the shooting world. And then in 2017, my first registered shoot was actually at wind It was the father's. hub city clays and uh, colt and his dad actually invited me down to shoot with them and from 2017 till now that's that's kind of we lost him right
0: in the middle right
1: in the right in the the middle
0: and the guy sounds so good on the phone
1: he does sound good yeah he disappeared
0: so good. Gary, you need to pay him some more money so he can pay for some internet, man. <laughs> hey,
2: for a new phone. Well,
3: he's in town. I, I don't know what to say about that. Well, but, maybe uh,
0: that's what. Is he at the bar? I mean, he could be. Damn it. That's
1: right. You never know. He might yeah. be.
0: Yeah, he might be right in the middle of that. Son mm-hmm. of a gun, man. Huh. Yeah. Anybody got his girlfriend's number or? Mom's number or something, Aileen, get her phone. <laughs> Fuck, man. Jason didn't even have this much problem getting on. Holy
1: shit. Well, well, I, well, I, I had my troubles. I hear promise me. you. He's back. He's back. <laughs> Is he back? Can you hear me now? Oh, I'm back.
0: Hey, t- hey t- Tyler. Tyler, are you getting a Good lap man right in the middle of this, or what are you doing here, buddy? Well, What's going on, would, man? Maybe.
4: Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. That's on a need-to-know basis. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to help your
0: it's going to help your street cred a lot man so a, a yes answer is going to be a lot better
1: yeah you do doing oh yeah no keep going uh, we lost you at uh your shoot so uh, yes so
4: i shot for tech and that was all national sports and then uh like i said my first registered shoot uh, with the uh, NSCA was at wind Walker at the father's day shoot. And, and from there, it's just kicked off. Well, good. So that's kind of, kind of my backstory. Um, I, you know, what I tell everybody is I started at, at hub city, actually. Um, Colt Blackwell and I actually started that club and, uh, which is up in Dark right. Yes. That is in Lovick. Yes, sir. Yep. Yes, sir. Uh, we started, Setting targets there, we had no idea what we were doing. Um, but through trial and yep. error, we, we figured it out and kind of kind of made a made a name for
1: ourselves in a sense.
0: you sure. figured it out pretty damn quick.
4: Yeah, you
1: did. You that. <laughs> yeah, I did well, a good job. Still doing a good job. So Hey, oh, Tyler. Thank
0: you. Tyler, yes, sir. Tyler, this is this is Mike. Uh, let me get. Let me ask you just a quick question, and this is just because I'm curious. Coming over from Olympic sports bunker trap and. Um, international skeet and things like that, which really don't play into sporting clays as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I, I understand it is a gun sport, but it's a very different discipline. How many How many targets did you – are you a master class now? I am, yep. Um, how, how many how many targets did it take you to shoot to get into master class, roughly? Do you remember?
4: Uh, uh, well – so I, I have to kind of go back a little bit. My, I only shot – my first ever competition was through Tech, and I only did one, and it was at the uh, lower Midwestern in San Antonio, at the old San Antonio Gun Club. And that was, you know, the very first time I've ever shot. And, of course, an ACUI, which is something I wish they would change, is uh, ACUI targets do not interact with an NSCA. So no matter what you shot collegiately, it does not matter what you shoot outside of the acy so i can't count any of those targets um but i punched punch. into master class in 20 in 2021 i punched in last year at the u.s open so from 20 it took me from 2017 to 2021 to, to punch into
1: master class
0: well congratulations man good job
4: well,
1: well no, thank you thank don't you. shit yourself tyler's a little badass i promise you that so, <laughs> he, no I, he, I, I,
0: I had, to, I had to do a little looking, and I, I looked him up and kind of checked things out, you know, before he came. I'm not a big homework guy. I know you all find that hard to believe, but uh, I did get a chance <laughs> to kind of look around a little bit and see. And, uh, you know, when, when you watch somebody that, that gets punches at, at U.S. Open and, and regional shoots and things like that, you you know they're pretty salty, and, and that's, that's impressive.
4: So, yeah, congratulations, man. Well, yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. That was probably one of my biggest – Biggest accomplishments at the U.S. Open was was punching into master class and and uh, actually placing second and in double A on the main event. So that was a that was a big deal for me.
2: What kind of gun do you shoot, Tyler?
4: Uh, well, right now I'm shooting a Krieghoff uh, K80, just a regular sporter. Um, but before I was I was shooting the Blazer F16. Hmm. Or the F three, I guess you could say. F3. The F three, yeah, yeah, yeah. The F three, yeah. Standard flat ribbed. Um, shot that for a little while, and then uh, I got my uh, my K eighty through Gary and Malcolm from Las Vegas. So, oh, I heard that story. Yeah, y'all stole that thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah I think box. Gary stole it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that—that that It's a parking lot, from what I heard,
4: <laughs> yeah, in a parking garage. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. You
0: know that. That story made it all the way to Carlsbad when that happened too. So, yeah, that was uh, – hopefully next time we get you all on, you might be able to you leave the name of the innocents out of that, but that would be a great story to tell at some point, yes. Yeah.
1: Can you, can, well, well I'm, I'm going to ask kind of the, the blank question. Can you still get – Gary, can you still get parathies? I mean, or, or I know with the gun situation and the ammo situation, but, I mean, can you all still get them?
3: Yes, sir. Uh, you know, we can still, you know, order custom guns. You know, last I heard, it was like two to two and a half years if you order a gun to get one in. God. Uh, if you wanted to side Whoa. by side, you're looking at probably five plus years to get one in. Uh, you know, it, it's just tough. And, uh, you know, just like anything else coming coming across the big pond, you know, there's no guarantees on how long it'll take to get here. Mm-hmm. You know, even with your Berettos, your Caesar greenies, Uh, anything coming from, from overseas is just, you know, you can keep, keep your fingers crossed and hope it shows up someday. Right. So so if you find something, you better buy it.
1: Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, in, 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 in two years, it'll be worth double what it's, what you think you're going to pay for. (laughs) Yeah. So exactly. better put a deposit down. (laughs) That's awesome. Hey, I want to dig a little deeper, if you guys don't mind. Um, and this is for both of you guys, Gary and Tyler. Uh, I, and this is kind of – kind of. I really want to know the answer to this question. Is there any stressful stressful days that y'all have, maybe on a shoot day? I, I just – I mean, is there any time blood gets pumping and you're like, oh, shit, we forgot about, about this, or is everything – normally run pretty smooth
4: well i I think gary can kind of agree with me on this i think the stress comes from two different standpoints uh because there is a lot of it um one standpoint is from from myself who runs the outside to make sure everything's filled all the batteries are changed so the targets themselves and then for Gary's standpoint, and even even his wife, uh, Karen Hightower, is, can can attest to this: is is running the inside, you know, making sure, sure, making sure all the shooters are taken care of. So, I mean, I think you can get get two different standpoints from that. You know, in on, on terms of my end, I think the most stressful thing is is you know when we're run, running, say, Bad Boy Blast or busting for badges when they can have sixteen hundred shooters outside. Right is is the safe the, the safety aspect of it yeah i mean uh you know you're you're getting people out there that have never touched a gun before in their life and yet they're shooting in a competition yep you know and and that that's one of the big stresses i have is just making sure everybody's safe um you know and and another thing that we run into is uh when you're setting targets for charity shoots making sure everybody has a good time because you know you you can you know we we try to set the traps right next to the stand where you know they're pretty simple targets going out a few crossers and making sure that nothing's too far away, but at the same time, making it to where they're not shooting the same thing over and over and over again for 10 sure. stations. Um, on the outside that, that's where my stress comes in. Now Gary can, can talk more about the, the logistics part of it, but, uh, but on my side, that that's where I stand.
1: Yeah. Gary, Look, I mean, do you, today, see, but... do you see, I mean, does anything get really, Something to get your blood pumping, or not pumping, or uh, oh, or you, you don't I worry about it, or <laughs>
3: yeah, my blood, my blood got pumping a lot. Uh, you know, just <laughs> you know, I thought, well, I know what's going on and how to do this and that and the other, and then all of a sudden, here's a a situation that you'd forgot to take care of. You know, uh, over the years, uh, we pretty much worked out a system on what days we need to do what and By the time it's shoot day, everything needs to be done. Right. You know, we've been stopped several times while we're riding around the course, making sure that everything's running smooth. And they'll always say, Man, I wish I had y'all's job. All y'all ever do is just ride around in the golf cart. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's the best compliment we can get. (laughs) (laughs) If we're riding around in the golf cart, relaxing and visiting with people and enjoying ourselves, that means we did our job. Everything's done, everything's running smooth and there's nothing sneaking up on us right when we're yep. hustling and moving and dragging traps and hauling more targets out there and stuff like that that means we didn't do our job like we were supposed to and knock on wood uh since tyler's been here we haven't had to do that much uh you know we're we're pretty well oil machine you know we all have our own jobs that we do uh when somebody gets behind Everybody else knows how to do that job too, so we all jump in there and help each other right. to get out of a bind, so that it looks like nothing ever happened the day of the shoot. Yeah, which so a, is the way it ought to be, you know. Yeah. Sure. If if there's yeah. chaos going on, I don't want anybody to see it. Right. right. You know that's that's just the way I like to run business, is uh, make it look just effortless.
1: Yes, And as long smooth.
3: as we do our job, it should look effortless, smooth, and better. You know, and Tom yeah, was gonna, talking about I will say yes. You know, we, uh, when I first started, you know, I was always worried. Well, that target may be too far. That may be too hard. Well, it's one of those deals. You know, don't set anything really, really difficult. Set them out there, different speeds, different distances, different trajectories, and the guys will beat themselves up. Right. The more the competition, or the higher the competition there is, you put money on the line, they're going to miss a bunch. Yeah. Uh So you know, it makes a mess more than I make a mess. Yes, sir. Basically, what it boils down to, yep. <laughs> you know, and, yep. and
1: weather affects that too. And you, know, you get speaking of now. weather, I I feel so sorry. I I swear, and I'm gonna just kind of go off off grid a little bit here. Y'all y'all have had the worst. When I think of wind walkers, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know how that hailstorm came. But that hailstorm came that morning, uh, you know, when everybody decides to load up and fixing to head out that way. I just, I don't, I it it has been the last three. I know Gary knows what I'm talking about. It is just, I don't, it is whatever thunderstorm, uh, ice storm, or you know, uh, wind day is just has gotten y'all's breeches in the last several years just by the by the nuts i mean there is just god damn you you can't win you just can't win with it's
3: all part of the plan jason you know if my guys can come out and shoot in the wind and the hail (laughs) and the rain and the snow and everything else then we've got it whipped any place we go i always shot in that before just go do it yeah
2: Yeah. no doubt no
3: doubt
2: you didn't hear i I mean
3: whining at nationals this year did you
4: (laughs) sure well that that (laughs) that's actually what i was going to say is uh you know talk about the wind and stuff and us all shooters in west texas and even parts of new mexico is i think it was my very first nationals ever and we went down there and i'll shoot with colt we were on the main event and there's this group from england that was shooting in front of us and we were they were a squad we were b squad and uh the wind was blowing like 10 maybe 15 miles an hour and the uh the guy, the older man shooting in the cage turned around to the trapper. He said, y'all just need to, to call this off. This is way too windy out here. <laughs> I, I sat there and looked at him. I was like, man, this is a breeze. This yeah. is nice. <laughs> this is nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah, but when I story. think about wind walkers, I'm thinking uh, sometimes, I mean, it just kind of, oh, my God. Why? Where did this thunderstorm come out of? You know what I mean? Or, <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, it just the 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 weather just in your I in why so, I I just yeah it just couple uh, sometimes. So I've,
2: I've got a question for Gary, if you don't mind. No, go ahead. Uh, all, all your stations out there at Windwalker Farms are pretty much furnished by oil companies out here in beautiful West Texas. Is is there any other clubs that you know of that has stations like y'all have out there? I mean, y'all stations are just, I mean, awesome as, as far as, you know, the shooting stations. Most of them are made out of PVC that you go to or wooden posts and shit like that. But yours are just, I mean, some of the finest stations I've ever seen. Is there anybody else out there that has stations like that, Gary? Uh,
3: yeah, there is. Uh, the club over at Artesia. Uh, they've got stations that are going in. They're constantly adding more. Uh, you know, we've been very blessed here with, you know, due to all of the charity shoots and all of the oil company activity that come out and they bring their customers. Uh, right. They decided to start building these stations and donating them to the gun club so that they could advertise on that structure for the life of the gun club. And it caught on over there in Artesia. And, and of course, like I said, they're, they're starting to build some nice stations over there. Right uh, so we've been been very blessed you know number one to be able to get out of the the hot West Texas sun during the summer and be able to stand in shade and shoot and uh, you know've we've, we've been very blessed with that.
2: But Ortiz but is probably the only one that is, that is following that I should say
3: as far as I know, yes got gotcha. you.
0: You know I'm going to add something to that just a little bit and as as it is such a beautiful thing to see and it truly is on Spain the first dozen times you go to Windwalkers I, re- I remember going to Windwalkers my first time and seeing that Halliburton stand and I was like oh my god yeah and and watching that club grow but as a as a target thrower it does have a tendency to limit some of your presentations that are available so to for those two those two throwing targets it says a lot that they can take a station that can't really move, and really give you a variety of targets over the years.
2: And, and plus, you're not you're not always on the ground. You you might be up in the air. You might be. The Halliburton station is how tall when you're in the air? Seven thousand six hundred and forty-eight feet. I mean, it, it's just uh, everything's different out there. I mean, it's just. I mean, I don't think you can find anything like that anywhere else. Myself
1: yeah it, yes, it, yeah. Is, it Very, is always impressive i mean you get the overhead birds you get the under under your feet birds i mean you get a lot of different yeah. great looks from from those type stations so pretty impressive yeah well with with that being said and you know, kind of
4: mentioned it before as as and gary will agree with me on this too is as a target setter it's a big hindrance having set stations like we have just because we don't have the room to throw the the you know we we, we typically th- or I think of it this way is when I set a target, well I haven't set this one in a couple months, I'll go ahead and set it again maybe the shooters will forget about it. you know we, we try to be creative as, as we can as a target setter, but you're so limited on the on the lanes because you, 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 you know you don't want targets from the other station coming into yours or or you don't want anybody you know having their whole point pointing at a station you know off to the left or right it, it, it can be a hindrance sometimes sure a lot of the time actually um but you know like like gary said we're very blessed to be able to have the stations that we have
1: oh yeah no problem. <clears throat> so hey uh, so i had kind of another uh, request question uh from some different people uh, either for either tyler or gary it doesn't matter um and here's a question how important are the benefit uh shoots to a club's success i'm just we're, I think we're just talking charity shoots, and uh, is that, is that s- successful for you guys?
3: Yes, sir. During the year, we throw all oh, probably 30 to 32 charity shoots in addition to our, our 10 registered shoots every year. Uh, charity shoots are a great way to raise money for the different benefits that, that they go to. Also, it gets a lot of non-shooters out here to become shooters, which in turn grows the sport. Uh, I realize this is mainly for uh, registered shooters, is probably the most of the guys that are listening to this. Right. Uh, your charity shoots is a great place to pick up more registered shooters. And as you guys well know, we always need to be bringing in new shooters into the to, reg- to the registered shoot community. Uh, and a lot of times all it is is you have to ask them. Say, hey, have you ever thought about shooting registered targets? And I say, well, we've heard about it, but what is it? And uh, if they ever ask questions, fill them in. You know, Tell them a little bit of what it's about. Invite them to the next shoot. Invite them to come shoot on your squad. Uh, once they ever shoot a registered target, then they're going to be hooked. Right. Uh, so that's uh, one of the great ways to pick up more guys to bring into the registered shoot community. And we all need to be doing more of that. You know because every year we use lose X number of shooters that either move off or get hired or get sold that they can't shoot anymore. So we're constantly losing new shooters or shooters. So we need to be bringing in new shooters to replace those guys.
2: Yes, sir. And uh, totally so, anyway, agree.
3: yes, it, it's very beneficial to the club as far as you know, a money maker. Uh, we make money on those just like we do the registered shoots. Uh, but the main thing is, is introducing more people into the shotgun shooting world
0: you know hey gary um let me add a little bit to that and myself and yourself we we you just talked about how you were shooting registered ski and then you you started a family and then you took off the better part of 15 18 years in there and i think the club i think i think the sport has a tendency to do that we do such a good job of bringing our youth on our our kids and our grandkids and things like that we bring those we bring those kids in and then when they get 17 18 19 years old and they start a family or go off and go to school that's when we lose them is in that is in that 20 to the 28 30 year range you know
1: yeah well well, and then you pick them back up when they're 30 again when they're past the kid. you know what i mean yeah (laughs) yeah, when When they they get out of college and get a job Yeah.
0: have a little expendable income, you know, yeah, have sir. a little right. time, that kind of stuff. So I think I think the sport needs to make a really big push to try to to try to retain some of those as they come back in or to recover them
1: as they come back in again. Exactly. Yep. So I, I've got another I got another question that just came in off the uh internet. The, right either, for one either right one of you. Breath. Right off the breath hot off the
0: press so breast.
1: what gary tyler what where do y'all get your shooting ideas from i mean are they locally or are they maybe nationals or maybe uh, you know just through a phone conversation or or know where, where where do you get the ideas and maybe maybe it's the machine the target machine um where where do you get the ideas from I, i'm curious I'll let Tyler I, go first on this one. I,
4: I get my ideas from, from other shoots, you know, traveling and going to these other shoots because there's no target, target setter alike. I mean, we're all different no. in how we throw targets and how we want to present them. Um, you know, I, I love, I love going to Hub City and seeing Colts targets. I mean, Colts actually an amazing target setter and to see, what he does with his machines. And I try to reenact them with my machines. That that's where I get a lot of my inspiration and and ideas from, uh, nationals is a big one. Um, you you know, that, that's where all the big, big boys go. And that's where all the big boy target setters are going to be. Um, you know, uh, even going to artesia, artesia to see targets, uh, Jerry Rackley sets great, great targets. Um, Danny Denson sets great targets. Um, but that, that's where I get most of my, my thoughts and ideas from, is from other setters and from other courses and seeing how they throw theirs. Sure. And learning and learning from Gary. I mean, he may not agree no. with it, but he's he's one of the best target setters out there. You so ain't got to suck it.
0: up that high. You're already
4: employed, man. Hey, I'm trying to get a raise. Come on now. Good luck, <laughs> Good luck with that.
1: Tyler, you're going to be there a little while. I'm just saying. You're you're good.
0: (laughs) You can't operate a phone, Tyler. You ain't
3: getting raised. You know, that's that's one of the things when we go somewhere, you know, I may not be paying attention to the targets, but I'm looking at the terrain. Man, it'd be really cool if you threw one like this. You know, and I'm always paying close attention to the terrain and what I would set there may be different than what they'd set there. And I'm always looking for cool pairs. Of targets you know and occasionally we'll set something just out of the blue like tyler will set one machine i'll go out and set the other machine then we'll go back to the cage and throw them and sometimes they turn out to be a really cool pair and we never talked to each other about what we were setting so sometimes you just fall on a, a really neat looking pair just by accident sometimes you, you have to really work at them to make make good pairs anyway it's always uh-huh. fun you know it's an experiment and we may throw something that Jason likes this week and something that Mike likes, you know, the next time, you know, sure. And yeah, it's, it's a game that we try to, to, to make fun and still make it challenging. But number one, we want everybody to have fun. Right. right.
2: And you cannot please everybody by all means.
3: Oh, okay. that's yeah. correct.
0: Hey, Say Tyler. that out
4: loud again. Yes, sir.
0: <laughs> what do you, you know, we, we talked earlier about coaching and, um, you know, level one instructors and, and, uh, y'all have a, um, been very, very fortunate to get some of the biggest names in the industry to come through your club to put on clinics and coaching classes and things like that. Have yes, you sir. ever thought about, um, putting on a target presentation class, a target setting class to, to show people what goes into it and how to read targets and things like that?
4: You know, I've honestly, I've never thought about it. Um, I know that there are target setting schools uh, that actually the national complex has one. And I, I I believe it's either Joe Skull or uh, there's one other name. I think they're the ones that actually teach it. Uh, But no, I've, I've, I've never, I've never really thought about it. Um, You know, I've I've talked to a lot of shooters that said they'd be interested in, in, uh, in learning how to do it. But to be honest, kind of going off of what Gary said earlier, is, you know, as a target setter, him and I both, when we go to shoots, especially nationals, um, we don't really pay attention to the targets when we're shooting. And that, that hurts us. Um, we're always looking at what we would have done different. And, you know, I always, i i talked to a gentleman the other day about it and I, he was telling me he wanted to learn how to set targets. And I was like, Man, I, I really don't recommend it because it does, it actually hurts when you're going to these shoots and you're wanting to do really really good and uh the only thing you can really pay attention to is how they set it and what you would do different and maybe you know like gary said the terrain and all that it it, it has its his, his bonuses and uh, things but I, I as a shooter wanting to learn how to set the targets i i wouldn't recommend it and gary gary would maybe disagree with me on that but it's just a whole nother ball game when you're a shooter and you set the targets. It, it just you know. I'm gonna
1: it... chime in, Tyler. I, I, I kind of disagree with you a little bit. Um, you know, no, no disrespect, but no, 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 man. No. If, if you, if if you know what that machine is cocked at and the angle and maybe what it takes to to pull those cords, <laughs> you know that was yes, years sir. ago, but. You know, if you if you know those things, and you know, especially if you can see the machine, to me, it a is. lot of times, if if you can see the machine, you almost kind of know from the station, you know, maybe where it's at. But if you have set enough targets, sometimes I I think it 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 could help. It, it may be your yes, downfall sir. too, in in the same, I know I I I kind of get what you're saying, but yes sir. Uh,
0: you know, you know, from talking talking to myself here as, as a really good B class shooter and master
1: right now. <laughs> um, All right. When,
0: when when you have an idea of what that trap is capable of and not capable of, it takes mm-hmm. so much of it takes so much of the dark art out of the target for me. Yeah. When I when I finally got to set some stuff and help and and, and move some traps and and play with some springs and things like that it took so much of the dark art of it out and i was thinking well this isn't going seven thousand miles an hour it's only as fast as it can go and this is where it's at and it it really did it 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 moves a lot of things in my brain around now you got to remember i I was raised by a chemical engineer so numbers and math are a lot but um (laughs) yes sir i i think i think that there is some merit to it but uh like I say, you're a hell of a lot better shot than I am, and you do it for a living, so I respect your opinion for
4: sure. And, again, that's just my opinion on it. You know, I, I know, like y'all, I know a lot of people that would disagree with it. It's just mentally – like my mental game in the sport, I wish I didn't know how to set targets. I wish I didn't know exactly what something was doing because it does it – it makes me wish that I could have done something different in terms of a shoot. Like if I don't agree with a pair. Then you know it, it's it's one of those things. It's just a big mental hindrance to me. Um, hmm. Of course, I know not everybody shoots like I do, or you know everybody has their own game. But in terms of mental game, to me, knowing what you could have done different, or uh, knowing what the target's doing exactly, then I, it, it just messes with me. Um, but of course, I'm I'm my own shooter, so. It's cool, uh, especially yep. when you throw a fluff
2: target out there about six foot. Well, that was actually Gary, if you're talking about the
4: shooting, I'm thinking you're talking
1: about. How's that working out for you, Ricky?
4: I was actually with you when you shot that station. I know, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, anytime there's a target
3: that everybody hates... I must have said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: That, that goddamn thing right there. I'm going, Jesus Christ! You ought to be able to hit
4: it with a slingshot, but you can't even hit it with a shotgun. But well, it's funny. I mean, those are actually the hardest targets. I believe it because I mean, you get lazy with them. Yeah, you. You I mean you? You sit there and think. I mean, there's no way I can miss it. Then you miss the first pair. Then yeah. you miss the second. You miss. Then you walk out of the station with a four. or you know, yeah. or a five, and you're like, "Wow, there—that shouldn't have been that hard."
1: But yeah, stopper not hard to th- start. Yeah, I, to me, it's a gun fit thing, but what—I mean, blame it on you. You better know where your gun's pointing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, you better know what the end of that gun's doing is. All I can tell you. Hey, I, <laughs>
2: I got a question for uh, Gary and Tyler. Are are y'all choke changers, or do y'all just stick with two chokes, or one choke, or what do y'all do?
3: uh um, i change for... very very seldom i shoot light mod and mod uh and that's what i shoot 90 99 of my targets with you know i got tired of changing chokes like years ago gotcha and uh, you know and, and i shoot the same thing in all my sub tubes also what i hardly ch- ever change
1: would would you on a skeet field gary though would you go skeet skeet i'm just asking Hell no, light mod and light mod with
0: 32 inch barrel dog.
2: That's what he does.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, Set
0: seven and a half shot, man, 1340s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we had
1: I, 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 I kind of like to go the other way every now and then. So,
3: yeah, we had some guys shooting behind us in Vegas last year, year before last. And when we finished shooting that first day, this one gentleman comes back and he said, man, what are you guys shooting? I said, well, what do you mean? He said, choke-wise. I said, well, most of us are shooting light mods, mods, or two mods, you know, somewhere in there. he said, oh, well, I was wondering, because there's never any chips off of any of y'all's targets. They're just black smoke. He said, we're just cracking them. Well, they (laughs) were all shooting cylinders and skeet. Yep. You know, and some of these targets, you know, 60, 70 yards out. I thought, well, buddy, you got a lot of holes in that pattern at that distance <laughs> with those chiles. Hey, if right.
0: I got an, an X and X at the end, man, ain't nobody looking at that shit later on. Just give me an That's X right. and I'll put you that on.
3: What about you, me, some... an ink dot, that builds a lot
0: of confidence.
2: Mm-hmm. Hey,
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something, man. If I'm shooting with my wife and I do quite a bit now, it's mod and mod for me. I want to ink dot everything, by mm-hmm. God, because that exactly. impresses her. It really does. She gets very impressed with that. And I'm probably gonna get lucky when I get home after Ink dotting a bunch of targets,
4: you know. Yep. I I guess Tyler's switching to mod and mod now. (laughs) No, no. I uh, I actually shoot I mod i mod and I haven't changed chokes (laughs) since twenty seventeen. Really? I've I've never changed my chokes. I shoot I mod i mod at every way to be a a one upper. That's (laughs) (laughs) that's just what
1: I've done. You don't don't know why. Okay. That's a, that sounds like some trap days right there. I mean, that's, get re, reach out there and get them right. Yeah, well, when sounds you buy like a some shotgun crap, in the parking yeah. garage. That's only two chokes they had. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only two chokes they had in Lubbock, I guess that day. Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you shoot actually, ski, you shoot a skeet field with IMOD, mod, I mod. That's all you need to know, boy. That's, that's it. That's all. Long as you break them, that's all that matters. Yeah. Uh,
4: actually, it was. Uh, I don't, I don't. Y'all may know them, or actually, y'all do know them. They're actually uh, in Lubbock, um, Lonnie and Angie Teal. Um, when I first started getting into sh- the shooting sports, Lonnie uh, actually helped me get into it. And uh, you know, he always shoots those high-dollar parodies, the fixed choke, and the uh, and all of that. And, and he shot I I'm I'mod I and that's what he told me to to put in my first competition. And uh, just from there, that's what I've done, and I haven't haven't changed since.
1: Well, it's gonna be an excerpt. Well, I mean, there there ain't, yeah. there ain't not much not much in between. So
4: yes,
2: sir. Hey, yeah. uh, yep. Mike, Mike and Jason, I I don't know which one usually asks the question, but about the pet peeve, or are you going? Oh, to it's ask...
1: it's coming up. You you hold your britches there, man. man I'll right. tell you what. Yeah, huh? i better the go get
2: your... coming up.
1: Yeah, you go get you another
0: coors light there, hand, old son.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hey, you go ahead and light that fire because that cold front's blowing through right now. I guarantee you. you. You calm down there, redhead, Kermit, bullfrog, whatever
2: you are. God, right. you, uh, put up with.
1: Go ahead.
0: All right, Gary, let me let me ask you right quick, and I'll I'll get this, and then Jason will finish up with y'all, we'll get you out of here. But what is your pet peeve as a club owner, Gary?
3: As a club owner, uh, I'm pretty easy going. Now, as a shooter, one of my pet peeves is when somebody jumps around you when you're sitting in line and you're two squads back to get to shoot the next station and the guys behind you jump around you and park their buggy right in front of you, so you have to pull around them yeah. to get out and go to the next station. Sure. that's That's one thing that I still haven't conquered yet. It and, still it, and it and gets leaves under my collar a little bit. Everything it else it I can pretty much yeah. deal with, you know, being my old age, I've learned that hey, if you get mad about it, it's gonna cost you targets. <laughs> <laughs> so I've I've tried to chill over the years and eat my pride and try to keep a the score going that I've got going.
0: You ain't that old, Gary, but uh all right. So so uh uh Tyler, what is your pet peeve as a target setter besides every D-class shooter coming up and bitching about your targets.
4: <laughs> well, it's not just the D-class <laughs> shooters. <laughs> I've heard it from everybody. Um, as a target setter, I yeah. guess really one of my pet peeves is, is uh, and, and maybe I shouldn't take it this way, but when, when someone, when a shooter comes up to me and says, and, and I've had this happen a couple times, when they come up and they start talking to me about the targets and telling me what I should have done different. Um, I, I guess maybe that's my pride kind of coming in, but when, when someone who doesn't know how to set targets comes up to, to a target setter like me and they t- start telling me what I need to do to change something, I guess that, that, that gets under my skin a little bit. And, and not, not so much that it, it hurts my feelings. It's, it's so much as they, they kind of don't respect or they don't understand what goes into setting
0: targets. And that brings yeah. me into the very good question right there, and, and I'd like for you to touch on that. Give me an average time that it takes you from the time that you start setting a trap to the time that you go, okay, that trap is ready to deliver targets to a pain shooter. Get what what kind of time frame is it? Is it three and a half minutes? Is it seventeen hours? Is it what? Where is it in the middle there?
4: That, well, I guess that kind of depends on the attitude you have going into it. Um, there, I've I've had a target where I set. There, there was one station. It was on, um, and y'all would know it was on the green course. It was Slumber J, and it was here recently. I spent I spent probably thirty minutes on one trap, getting it exactly the way I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, an average time span, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm in my, in a groove and I'm, I'm, I'm doing good, I can, I mean, I can set a station in, in 10 minutes, five minutes for each strap, but you still got to load,
0: you still got to load, but you
4: still got to load them. Um, you got to prove, so I mean, so if if you're, if you're, if you're talking about setting, loading, proofing, um, 20 minutes,
0: 20 minutes times, 20 minutes times. 10 to
4: 15 10 to 12 stations. Station. Yeah. yeah, 10 yes, to sir. 15 stations. Yes, sir. Wow. Now, okay. now, that that changes, of course, when you're, you know, say you're talking about Black Gold, that's our big two-day registered shoot. That's the shoot that Wind Walker really, really takes pride in. Um, you know, Gary and I, last year at Black Gold, Gary and I set it by ourselves. We actually did everything by ourselves. And it took us, what, Gary, all of, I mean, we started setting a month in advance almost. I mean, just because it was us two, but we were also, you know, setting targets and all that. About a month
1: before the that's, shoot started, that's interesting. Uh, it, uh, that really is that you actually give that much thought. What's fixing to happen into a registered type shoot? My opinion. Yes, sir. I I, I think that's great. Yeah, you I mean, know,
3: it, when you start talking about the black gold, especially when you're flipping the course for the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what you said on day one. You're already thinking about what you've got to do for day two. Correct, because mm-hmm. you don't want to yep. be dragging all those traps all over the country. Yep, you want to be able to turn them, throw them to the next station over, or completely do away with that trap and bring in another one at a different, different spot. Uh, you know, so you're kind of thinking ahead so that you don't kill yourself dragging, dragging sure. traps and stuff. You know, when we walk in there, we may not have it two hours of daylight to flip that whole course. Right, we got to flip Man. it, and load it and check it and make sure it's ready to go for the next morning so you know you you've got to think ahead sure you know you're you're always working on a, a shoot a week away you yeah. know Gary, your your black gold shoot how how
0: many targets do y'all throw for the black golds? at 550 700 something in that area
3: uh there's yeah. 200 on the main then a the prelim uh then we've got five stand super sport Four hundred, and then we've got uh, three sub
4: gauges. So, so four hundred, really four hundred fifty targets, about 500, 450, right. I, 500. I, I think
0: I think it's upwards of five hundred. And the reason I know that is because I have used the Black Gold to qualify for nationals. Yeah, it's
3: okay. five hundred fifty targets. Yeah, yep.
0: And, you know, and some I'm people say,
3: "Why don't y'all say, throw more?" Well, you can't shoot any more that, than that in two that days. That time of year, yeah, that's yeah.
1: Well, a two day yeah. shoot, you can't. Yeah, you really can't throw much more than that. So, and
3: I'm yeah.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna say as a shooter, how much I appreciate y'all throwing that at the time of year that you throw it, because you have to register for nationals damn near in December or January to get your spot that you want. And right. the black gold is there, whether you're competitive or not. In the black gold, it doesn't matter. It gets you the targets to get into nationals. And it it paves the way and it sets the tone for what you're going to see at nationals. And I just want to say thank you all from a lot of us that do that and use that for that purpose.
3: Well, you're welcome. That was the whole purpose of putting that shoot when we have it, which is normally the last weekend in September. Uh, And we typically crank up the targets a little bit for that shoot, you know, prepping everybody for a little more distance to our targets a little more speed on some of them, uh, to get everybody kind of prepped for nationals, And uh, that's exactly what, what we set it up for. And, uh, we, we sure hope that everybody enjoys it and we we'll always try to give away nice prizes and, and feed everybody good. And, uh, we appreciate everybody coming
1: out to it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so just to change subject just a little bit, I'm trying to find Karen's email. Uh, do you all have – do you have your shooting schedule in front of you, Tyler?
4: I have a rough rough sketch of it, yeah. Can
1: you just give us a quick rundown maybe through March, April? Tell us – you don't have to go into – don't really need detail uh, about – unless you – unless you really feel comfortable about those shoots or you know you really want to promote those shoots but uh, can you kind of give us some dates and maybe just a little bit about what y'all have coming up
0: okay if you'll go uh, if you if you'll go through the first half of the year Tyler because we would love to have you on to begin the second half of the year
1: yeah to, to, that, per, yeah.
0: to let you promote the second half does that
1: make yeah. sense okay yep Okay. So are, are y'all wanting the, the registered shoots or are y'all wanting? The... Um, If you want to, if you want to talk about the charity just for a second, give the date maybe, and then I have it pulled up and then uh, I'll kind of follow with you on some of this and just uh, maybe something okay. or somebody doesn't know what the, you know, what shoots they are. So. Okay. okay so, so,
4: uh, what... well, I mean, since I'll start in February. Um, our okay. February 13th... Will be our registered shoot. It's uh, the Broken Heart Open. Uh, that's still since we're still that's still in the off season. That'll be just two hundred mains on the green and yellow. Okay. Um, and then the week after that, we'll be we'll have a, a little charity shoot, and then the twenty also have a little charity shoot. Um, it's the Texas Tech S P E and one eighty youth. And then when we get into March. Um, <clears throat> one of my favorite charity shoots out there is Real Thanks. That will be March third. Most definitely. Um, and, that, and, and that's, that's for the vets a great...
1: too, right? That's a, yes, that's yes,
4: a, yep. yes. They, uh, I, I believe, and and Gary, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that shoot raises the money to take the the veterans on a fishing yes. trip. Hey, yeah, Gary, um, that's take a, a few
0: Gary, take a few minutes and talk about that shoot because that is a, a fantastic.
2: That, that that is an awesome
3: shoot uh that's a shoot where they bring in uh i don't know exactly how many guys they bring in but they bring in a bunch of uh, wounded warriors uh they uh bring them out most of them will actually go out there and shoot and they raise money and then as soon as that shoot is over they take them i believe it's to del rio and take them fishing for a week and they give them all their fishing gear and just have a good time with those guys and uh and show them how much we appreciate what they've done for our country and for us. And also tied to that is a, a deal called Real Wives, where a couple of times yeah. during the year they'll bring those guys' wives in. And the ladies will take them out and, and do shopping and this and that and other, and they actually bring them out here and let them shoot shotguns. And uh, it's just a really neat organization.
1: Yeah, and Alicia's involved with that too, right, Gary?
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. She cool. is.
1: And that that shoot is March the third. It looks like I think. Yes, yeah, so, sir. It's on a. It, yep.
0: If somebody, if some, if somebody wanted to uh, 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 support that shoot, where would they go, Gary? Uh,
3: they can go to our website and uh, on that on our calendar. They can uh, go to the real, real thanks shoot, and they should be able to click on there and it will bring up all the information, who to contact and where to go to find the flyers and all that kind of information there. And cool. that's
0: d- www.windwalkerssfarms.com or something like that?
3: windwalkerss.com.
0: Okay.
1: Cool. All right, Tyler, if you want to keep going, just uh, yeah, keep going. <clears throat> okay. Um, March
4: 11th is another chair we will do. It's Midland Rotary. Um, and then March 20th is our uh, registered shoot. It'll be March Madness. Um, and March is when the shooting season really kind of starts kicking off. And we will throw uh, two mains, and then we'll also throw a sub in there. And that's when we'll open up our sub-gauge shooting. Um, I I'll believe, you, Gary, we're throwing a 20-gauge. I, I believe 20 or 28, 28 that month. month. Yeah. Um, and All then right. after that, it'll be the Texas Rangers, which is a great shoot to be involved in as well. Um, it's the company E here in Midland. Um, and what that, I, I'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, what the, the money that's raised at that charity shoot actually goes to a scholarship fund for the children of the Texas Rangers. Um, yep. Yeah,
1: that is, that is a very or, impressive shoot. Are y'all yes.
2: doing that at wind Walker and Lubbock or just wind Walker this year? Both. Yeah, I think. It'll actually,
4: it's both uh, company it E, okay is here in midland and then company c is in lubbock and angie teal actually runs yeah y'all, y'all oh. can
2: buy shoots, correct for prizes and stuff
4: no actually uh, it's two separate it's actually two separate shoots um i believe right gary yeah i believe they've got uh shoots all over the
3: the state of texas for the different companies within the Ranger organization and like Tyler said, Company C is in Lovell is where they have their shoot. Company E is here in Midland.
4: Okay. Yeah.
3: Um, That's a
2: good uh, shoot to th- go that,
4: to. Yes, it is. It's a wonderful shoot to be involved in. Um, yes. And then getting back to the shoots we have in April, I'm not going to name off all of the charity shoots. The biggest one we have is Busting for Badges. That's a two-day shoot. That has 1,600 people in it almost. That's on the 21st and 22nd. And then our registered shoot will be April t- which is Springfield. Tyler, Tyler. Yeah.
0: Tyler, did you just say – Can you hear me? Did you did you just say 1,600 shooters?
4: Yes. Six, yes, sir. I think that's what
0: just, – just, just food for thought, Nationals this year was the biggest ever, like 2,400. So y'all are mm-hmm. going to throw a – a shoot in Midland, Texas, Stanton, with 1,600 shooters. That's amazing. Yeah. That's absolutely Give amazing.
4: Give
1: or take. Over her two take. days or three days? Two days. Two days.
0: That is bit absolutely that in two days. amazing. Wow. Congratulations, just to,
4: guys. Just to put it in perspective, when we set targets and we set boxes out for that shoot,
1: last year I think we set 17 boxes by each machine i've been there it's a damn near a whole pallet of shells at each machine yes yeah
4: yeah 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 that's a it's one of our big ones and and what and what
0: and what shoot is that again just so people don't have to back up tell me what shoot that is where where it is what time it is
4: busting for badges it'll be at windwalker and the dates are april 21st and 22nd of yeah 21st and 22nd
0: and if somebody wants to support that, um, please go to windwalkers dot com and uh, and uh, and find. I think how to, for, how to for Badges actually
1: has their own website too. So yeah, they did. for yeah. Badges.org.
0: dot yeah. org. org. Okay. Yep. Org. Or so thank God us not gov. Okay.
1: That got us through your first third of the year. What I want to talk about something you I, I think that uh, is very important. Um, to a lot of people, maybe it's not even registered or maybe just the weekend guy, is the Wednesday Wednesday night shuffle. Um, That is the shit. I don't know how many people that have done that, but Tyler, you want to elaborate on that? The Wednesday night shuffle is just the cat's meow for a local shooter on a Wednesday night so
4: i will yes sir um so like jason said it'll be on wednesday nights Uh, starting march 30th um what it is is uh shooters come out it starts at three o'clock i believe or four o'clock shooters can start shooting and uh what you do you go out there and shoot just a regular round of sporting clays um we feed you a a home-cooked meal And then what we do is when you sign up for it and pay, uh, we have a a $5 pot. So when you pay $5 of your entry goes into this, into this pot. And, uh, we do a five man blind draw or yeah, five, five man or four man Gary. I don't remember. It's five man. Five. Yeah. Five man draw. And all that is, is we take, we write everybody's name down on a piece of paper, put it in a hat, draw names, um, so, so that way the teams aren't stacked, and the highest average wins that night, and you win, you win the money. Yep. And the yeah. last and time I was
0: the- last time I was there, you actually gave something away for the lowest guy on the total pole, too. <laughs> <you
1: know>? <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. And there is Let's an say- HOA
4: fee, high uh, overall fee, or award,
1: I think. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> So, so no, that's great. That gets you That that'll that'll tell. Uh, and I think we get on into June for the fabulous Father's Day, and and there's some more stuff, and we we'll keep going. We have got some more episodes coming up. So no, that's great. Um, is there anything else uh, you guys would like to add or promote or um, keep talking about? I guess we can go all night if you want to. So i better ask the old man if he's up for that (laughs) hey hey gary let
4: me uh,
0: why don't you point out your uh your your uh, gun sales i mean you you stock a pretty good collection of uh guns out there and um i know guns are hard to order right now but uh guns and ammo i mean you you got a bunch of that and you also have a, a damn a damn impressive uh uh pro shop
3: well thank you uh Yes, we do have some shotguns in stock. Uh, shotguns are probably the hardest thing to find right now. Uh, we, uh, of course, we're, we're a Trident dealer for Beretta. We also uh, stock Parazis. We have Caesar Greenies. Uh, we can get just about any kind of a shotgun you want if it's available. Uh, we also sell rifles and pistols as well. Uh, as far as the shotgun ammo, it's been extremely difficult to, to find, as, as y'all well know. Uh, you know, most of these guys, you know, they're looking to, to buy enough ammo to be able to go out and shoot at, say, a charity shoot in a month from now. Well, for that big shoot we were just talking about, I'm needing 800 flats just to wow. get those guys through. Oh, God. So, you know, uh, this this is something that that's gave me a lot of gray hair over the last year and a half or so. You know, uh, I'm, I'm constantly trying to find shells all day long, every day that's my job right now is hunting shotgun shells uh anyway uh, it's that's just part of of what we're all going through right now but uh anyway, you know that, that's basically what i've been doing for the last year and a half is is going to every nook and cranny that i can find somebody that's possibly got shotgun shells and and acquiring those to have them in stock so that when guys come out here to shoot they'll have something to shoot when they get here But anyway, it's it's probably going to be a little while before we see anything ease up on that end. So we'll just keep going after it as hard as we can and and try to keep stuff on the shelves for you guys to shoot.
0: And that that says a lot about the club you run, Gary. And it says a lot about the time that you put into a club, you know. And um, I I don't get a chance to shoot your club as much anymore since I moved over to New Mexico, but it, it truly is amazing to watch the club that you've run and, and grown over the years. And uh, I want to say thank you from my heart that I know that I can take my family out there at any time and feel absolutely welcome and, and just have a good time out there.
3: Well, I, I appreciate that, you know, and that that's kind of been a, our motto when we came into this thing, you know, I want everybody to feel welcome, you know, whether yeah. you shoot once times <laughs> a week, you know, uh, We want everybody to feel at home, to be relaxed, have a good time, but also to be safe in doing that. And, uh, you know, that's, I want everybody to feel like when they come out here, they can relax. They can have a good time when they leave here. I want them talking, good talk about our gun club and, uh, you know, well clubs where when you walk in, they don't say hi, they don't say thank you. They care less whether you're there or not. Uh, you know, and I don't want, for people to come out to, to Windwalker and feel like that when they leave, and, yeah, you want
2: them to feel, feel like that. Family.
1: Well, if it, I mean you, and you've known it over the years, Gary. I mean, it just if you ever shot sporting clays, I mean, you always went well that place north of Stanton. Yeah, uh, that was Windwalker. So I think I think y'all put a pretty good uh, uh, dot on the on as that's concerned. So everybody knows should know it, it, i mean if you've done it a time or two i hell i met my wife out there she didn't know she didn't know what windwalkers was 13 years ago so uh, yeah so yeah windwalkers is a is a yeah. cherished place so yeah, J-
0: jason y'all y'all started on 2 and 3 and ended up on 7 together
1: what are you what are you talking about
0: you you and you and Casey ended up on station 2 and 3 apart by the time y'all got to 7 y'all were together
1: I was actually looking at her buddy. I wasn't looking at her. <laughs> God damn, I'm glad. That's the goddamn honest truth. Story right there. I was looking at her buddy. I wasn't looking at her, but uh hey, she what? asked me how I shot that day. So now we're going to take an inch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that 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 happened back in 2008, I promise you. So, you can start your own I guess.
2: Yeah. you can start dating site now.
1: Yeah, Windwalkers not only a sporting clay website, it's a uh, dating website. Okay. <laughs> exactly.
0: Windwalkersonly.com
1: Only.com <laughs> OnlyShooters.com only, only <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. A good deal. Ooh. So, yeah. All right, well, if anybody's got anything else you want to add, I'll give you the mic. Uh, if not, enjoyed I, I, having you guys uh i want to ask one question go ahead
2: it, it might have been said previously but how many acres is windwalker on gary
3: uh there's 167 acres here 160 and, uh, you know uh, i don't know if it's if it's been said in previous podcasts or not uh steve wilbanks once he bought the gun club from ralph uh he was here for 20 years and he just uh sold out his portion to Malcolm Rainwater uh, back in November, I guess it was. So right. Malcolm's a, a huge part of the club now, and he's brought some new ideas to the club. And uh, I'm looking in for great things to, to come about, and uh, he's brought a fresh new set of ideas. And, of course, we're always open to ideas from anybody. You know, if you've sure. got something that you think might be fun to do or shoot, you know, we're always playing games and, and doing different kinds of shooting activities. Uh, right. You know, just something to change it up a little bit. Uh, so, if you ever got any ideas, uh, whether it's good or bad, let us know about
2: it. Yep. So, you're you're open up for opinions, as far as is, is what you're saying. Uh, no. Well, no
4: as, as, long as you opinions. No
3: opinions. No.
4: As, as long as you give it to Gary, not me. Yeah. We're <laughs> open to opinions. Yeah. yeah. I'll
3: take that under advisement.
4: <laughs>
1: well, that... that yeah, I'll put you on a spot since you asked the question. Do you have an idea or something you want to? I mean, are you? No, I have. I have, I
2: have no ideals at all. I, I was. I was just wondering about how many acres it took to run a
1: sporting clay course. Oh, okay. I, I didn't no, know Rick, if you wanted to get Michael. Twin Ricky, Peaks and just... Hooter Girls out there on each station every day, or what. I mean, how are we going to fund this deal?
2: Well, if we could be like Chad, you know, he he wants the beer card out there, but that's
1: not going to (laughs) happen. Oh, a beer card. A beer card. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Tyler, I I am going to ask you on behalf of uh, of Brody. um, Yeah. Is there any way possible, maybe sometime, that you could put a beer card out there for Brody? (laughs) 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 And the reason I say that is, and it is not really about the beer. It really has to do with the fact that he's trying to help single moms work their way through college. You know what I'm saying?
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, you don't to have to, me. We'll,
0: okay. We'll yeah, make you it have happen. To answer it right now. You know, we're we just think about it. It's an idea and if I didn't ask you about it, he would he would definitely be pissed. So, absolutely. well, he,
2: well he got that girl sit. He got that girl uh Dancing on his lap, I'm sure she'll do it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it happen.
1: Okay, uh, I'll be all right. for it. After you get done shooting, right? <laughs> insurance insurance I mean, purposes. After you get done shooting, yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll say yes. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sounds good. <laughs> well, we may have to rig up a car, to Polaris Ranger or something like that, and. uh yeah i get a little beer buggy going on so yep i'm all for yeah. it and <laughs> yeah,
3: we'll have to drive it around the pavilion for him yes <laughs> exactly yeah it stays
0: right in the pavilion it will not leave the pavilion yes <laughs> <laughs> be like be like a damn Roomba robot vacuum cleaner
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well sounds good guys well if there's anything else y'all would like to add um uh, love having y'all everything sounded great um want to welcome you guys back Uh, um maybe april may uh maybe june and then okay we'll see what else we can uh within our dumbass podcast we got going on so
0: that's exactly right (laughs) now i want to say thank you to you two guys for putting up with us and Y'all were our official. Y'all popped our cherry. You're, you're the official first interview that we've had. So um, if all of the rest of them go this great, um, we're, we're going to be in, in good shape. So thank y'all so much. Well, no, well, thank, thank you y'all guys for having
3: for us, for doing this,
0: and uh, your
1: yeah.
3: support of the sporting play world. Yes. Absolutely, I
2: mean, that and that's what we're all our about. Club. Yeah,
1: thank yeah.
3: y'all. Everybody, spread the yeah. word.
1: We will do. All right, everybody. Good night. Love y'all. Y'all have a great time. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.
2: Thank y'all. Y'all have a good week. You too.